Hello and welcome to Guy Perryman Interviews. Our travel companion today is Monty, organizer of the Ring Party, an iconic event for the Tokyo gay community since 1993, and the official afterparty of Tokyo Rainbow Pride 2023. The interview took place on the roof in March 2023, just in time for Tokyo Rainbow Pride Month, and was first broadcast across Japan on my Inter FM radio show. Enjoy the journey. It is wonderful to welcome on board Monty. Hello. Hey, guy. It's been a while. It has、uh, been a, a long, long while. We met many, many, many years ago. Prob-、wow. Probably on a dance floor. We, do we want to tell everybody our age?、Uh, not quite. Not We're quite. both very young, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> we were in grade school, I believe. There we are. There we are. We came to Japan when we were very young. <laughs> But before we talk about dance floors, when you're out and about and you meet someone for the first time and they always ask that question, what do you do? What do you say? I now say I'm a gay party organizer. Which you are again. I am. I am. I am a gay party organizer. Sometimes I tell them, you know, other things like what I'm doing at the moment,、mm. acting work or this and the other. But、um, most recently, yeah, I tell people just straight up I'm a gay party organizer. And oh, that's interesting. <laughs> we don't meet many gay party organizers. No, we could do with more in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> But the great thing is you're back with. The Ring Party, which we'll talk about. But you've also, over the years, you've done all sorts of different business here in Japan. I know you've been in the travel biz. You were selling Tahiti for a while, I think. Yeah,、know. the islands of Tahiti, Bora Bora. There you go. Have you had a favorite, apart from organizing the Ring and being a gay party organizer, have you had a favorite business opportunity that you've loved about being here in Tokyo? Well, I really liked working for Metropolis and establishing that as a leading English publication in Japan.、Mm. That was a great opportunity, and they were very gay friendly, gay positive. They also had the classified ads for looking for mates, and at the time there wasn't any kind of app. So, right, right. Actually,、yeah. free paper was the, the first kind of way to like, meet up with someone anonymously.、Mm -hmm. And so there was no, yeah. Tinder or no nine monsters or right, yeah. I remember so many people would go straight to the classifieds before anything, right? When they'd read Metropolis, it's like, oh, it's happening. Who's this the week? idiot who put a classified <laughs> out this week? And can you try and work out if it's someone you know, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> or yourself? That's a really interesting point, though, how life has changed and how dating has changed and how meeting people has changed. You started the ring party, and of course. Nichome here in Japan is the neighborhood for the gay and lesbian community. Is it still important to go out? And meet people face to face, or, or have apps changed everything? Apps have definitely changed everything. And、uh, yeah, we didn't actually start in Nichome, by the way, we started in Roppongi. Right.、Um, so we've always like, kind of been a little bit outside of the norm,、mm -hmm. I would say. Apps,、uh, yeah, have completely changed. I mean, even now, I was even thinking this time, should I even bother like, Printing flyers because most people they're like, oh, we don't need that many because nobody takes them anyways. And、mm. I mean, basically, the only reason we printed a flyer was to put a QR code on it.、Oh. And so then people can immediately like go to the mobile phone and、mm. yeah. How do you promote parties these days? You just make really funky little things on Instagram. You also get personal opinions from all the people who have previously enjoyed themselves at your event. Yes. You get people to put up little. Nostalgic photos、oh. of my favorite ring photo. <laughs> oh, I'll have to find some somewhere. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's go back to the beginning. Why did you start the ring party? Well, at the time, Matsugo Deluxe hadn't really educated the Japanese society on the 
ins and outs of the LGBTQ community. Mm. We started the Ring Party because there was a lot of discrimination against non-Japanese men who were gay, because at the time HIV was very prevalent and very scary because like Corona, they didn't know much about it mm. or how it was spread. And they thought like, oh, maybe it's spread, you know, if you use the same beer glass or, you know, if you mm. breathe the same air. And so uh, it was It was a quite scary period. Yeah, I got thrown out of bars for just being a non-Japanese person. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that, well, I was thinking, you know, being an American, it's like, oh, let's sue them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, then I talked to some friends and they're like, ah, oh, no, those are really nice people. If you sued them, they'd go out of business. It'd be awful for them. It'd be a nightmare. You can't be the evil person who sues them. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's true. Well, then I'll just make my own event where people who are a little bit more friendly towards non-Japanese. Yeah. I remember back then you mentioned about HIV. It's interesting because it seemed back then in the community and in public and especially in the media, it was a foreign disease. It wasn't in Japan or only foreigners had it or got it or spread it. Yeah, that was a discriminatory view on mm. the disease. They could tell just by the color of your skin what kind of diseases you had. It was quite a shocking experience, you know, mm. being from uh, Hollywood where it's quite integrated to begin with mm. and then coming here and then being treated like I was a diseased foreigner. Mm. Have things changed in 30 years? Yeah, yeah, I think surprisingly, I think, you know, the the good thing about the internet is that I think Japanese feel like they're part of the world now, mm. and they realize that they're not actually as special as they keep telling themselves. They speak more English, they engage more, there's more foreigners from all over the world here now, they have real experiences with non-Japanese people, and they realize basically people are people everywhere. Mm. Hey, Monty, I've given you some homework. Three music choices today. What's your first choice? I think we're going to um, start with C.C. Peniston oh. uh, suddenly. Why do you love this? Well, because I love C.C. Peniston. <laughs> she was fantastic. I went to her concert oh. in uh, Shibuya. And Gee, what year was that? 1991. Okay. Yeah. What year did you come to Japan? Uh, 1989. Just before me. Oh, really? Yeah, it was 1990. Yeah, no, I remember we met when Right Said Fred uh, came Oh. To- Came over and... Some sort of contest. How sexy can you be? Or be, be I'm too sexy contest. I'm too sexy for my shirt. <laughs> there you go. You can sing that song. <laughs> Cece Pedersen it is. Cece Pedersen. All right. <laughs> Great to have Monty on board. A gentleman who started the Ring Party, a welcoming event for Japanese, non-Japanese and everyone in between many, many years ago, over 30 years ago. What year, what year was the first Ring Party? It's not quite 30 years okay. actually yet because... 30 years. We started in in September of 1993. This is our 30th year, yes. is how we're advertising it. And we just had like a really great opportunity to throw the ring party again at the Tokyo Kabukicho Tower. They're just opening their doors now as we speak. And they were very welcoming towards the LGBTQA community Keep on going. plus yeah, yeah the other letters of the alphabet we decided that we would do the event around tokyo rainbow pride we came to an agreement that we could become their official party things are all going really really well at the moment yay that is great <laughs> news so i asked you at the beginning of the interview why you started the ring party initially is it the same sort of reasons why you've started it again this year? Well, I, I would say the main reason that we started again this year is like people have been begging for it. I think, you know, like it's it's been Corona. It's been really, really 
like tough on everybody. You know, it's time for the Roaring Twenties to come on. I was about to say, bring on the Roaring Twenties again. Bring on the we Roaring Twenties. Yeah, exactly. And people want to get up and party. We've, we've got three years to make up for. <laughs> right. You said you almost didn't do it because of the nature of apps and people not necessarily going out to meet up. What do you think the purpose of the ring is? Obviously a big social get-together. There's nothing like a party to bring friends together. The Madonna song, music, nothing like the music for the people. Basically... Music brings the people together. Yes. Everybody can have a good time. And for for us, it's also like because we've been doing it for 30 years and haven't done it for five. It's kind of like a reunion. People coming in from other countries, people coming in from other cities in Japan. Yay. Osaka, Nagoya. Yeah. Thailand, I believe. Thailand, yes. yes. Such, yeah. <laughs> Someone very ADM special. ADM coming in from very Thailand. Very special, yeah. Looking yes. forward to that. Yeah. Monty, going back to your early, early life, you've talked about being here in Tokyo in Japan and dealing with a little bit of discrimination back in the day. What about when you were very young with your family coming out, accepting being gay? Did you have any personal issues? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, homosexuality was definitely uh, not an acceptable thing in my family. I was raised extremely conservative Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Oh. And uh, yeah, homosexuals were definitely going to hell. But the funny thing is, is my mother knew I was gay from a very young age. And she is a nurse, so she had experience interacting with other gay people. And, uh, and so actually for her, uh, she was like, oh yeah, I always knew you were gay. So when I did properly come out to her at 27, she's like, yeah, I was, I was just waiting for you to tell me <laughs> when. Which I think is the When case. you felt comfortable, yeah. So many mothers. Yeah, right? exactly. Parents know that their children are gay. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, you can tell, mm. usually. So in between when you were very young and you knew and you were 27 and you came out to your family, what sort of happened in between there? What was the relationship with your family like? Relationship with my family has always been really good and close. Always communicated quite well. Um, there was no rejection. There was kind of a concern because I think they really did believe that I would be going to hell and they wanted uh, me to have an afterlife. There was a lot of religious concern, but I think that that's quite common. Your family or they're worried about you being happy um, more than their worried about anything else and they think how could you possibly be happy if you're gay right <laughs> i think you know that's that's the big thing is like you no know, like actually the meaning of gay is happy right so yeah. it's like it's kind of the opposite but i think parents are are worried that if their children are gay then they're not gonna have normal rights and freedoms speaking of rights and freedoms how do you feel about japan with uh, no legal same-sex marriage yet still well i actually would object to that statement, because if you actually get your genitalia mutilated and you change from a man to a woman, then you can marry a man in Japan. You can get your your sexual identity changed on your passport and your documents. You can get all of your documents changed in the ward office. And so men who have become women are marrying men. So it's only a technicality and a matter of time before they realize that that's not much different than like two men just getting married. Mm. The glimmer on the horizon are the, the local coup officers that have been supportive and trying to change their rules internally, which has been great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, Shibuya coup, yeah, Setagaya coup, I believe, Nakano coup. Mm. The important thing about, I think, same-sex marriage and equality is 
actually for people to realize that it's the same thing. Everybody should be treated equally, and if people can get a piece of paper for a union between men and women, they should easily be able to get a piece of paper of union between same sex. It's kind of a no-brainer, and it's about equality mm. and just being treated with a basic minimum of respect by the law. Mm. And in a country where people are so respectful of each other. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah, and such such a rich culture of homosexuality in right. their history mm. with the Bishonen and the mm. samurai always together, yeah. Mm. Well, music gets us through all difficult situations. For you, I always speak with people about the power of music. When you've had a tough time in life, have you turned to music? Your parents had religion. What about you? <laughs> well, actually, religion is quite musical in the States. There's a lot of singing that goes on in church. Um, I was part of a professional singing chorus group when I was in high school that gave me an appreciation for music, I would say. And then when I got COVID in Brazil and I got stuck in Brazil, yeah, I turned on YouTube and I listened to top hits from 1900s until now. <laughs> <laughs> so you did turn to music and it's time for music now, Monty. Choice number two. Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Why do you love this? At the ring party this time, we're going to be having an empowerment floor oh. for the ladies. Oh. Uh, and uh, I thought like, well, what's a, a song that like has really touched me? It's sung by a, a beautiful woman. And I had seen Tracy Chapman live in Torino, uh, Italy, for the Human Rights Festival that they had there. Oh. And uh, yeah, and really, really fell in love with her after that. Um, so yeah, Tracy Chapman, Fascar. Monty, we talked about the ring. We talked about legalizing same-sex marriage in Japan. What's the story behind the name of the ring party? Because there might be a connection here. Well, there definitely is. You can see the logo of the ring party. It is actually an engagement ring. Even 30 years ago, the gay community was demanding equality or just to be treated like any other person would be treated. So we decided, like, let's make that the logo of our, our event. And we were kind of like thinking like we wanted a logo like Apple. You know, so like it would be like something that would stand out. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, think equality. There you go. An engagement ring. An engagement we're ring. We're still waiting, Mr. Prime Minister. That makes me think about the pink dollar, if you want to use that expression. The pink yen? The pink yen. I think of Mardi Gras in Australia, which has been embraced, of course, by government and everyone in the city. The whole of Sydney just goes completely bonkers. Now, of course, in Tokyo, Tokyo Rainbow Pride is getting bigger and better every year and so many corporate sponsors getting involved, companies. It's great to see all that too. How do you feel about the business side of the Rainbow Pride? Well, it's nice to see the tourist industry uh, getting behind attracting more LGBTQ plus tourists to come to Japan. Actually, you know, it really seems like they're, they're making a real effort. You see a lot of things, Rainbow Love art, in Odaiba, gender-neutral toilets and things like that. So I think there is a real effort uh, by the Japanese tourist industry and the local municipalities to make the LGBTQ community more at home uh, here in Japan. The sponsorship-wise, uh, I've got a little bit of mixed feelings on that. It's great to see them sponsor, but, you know, really what you want is, like, them to be hiring gay and lesbian and transgender bisexual people in their company. And it seems like, you know, they're willing to like sponsor an event, but they're not really willing to hire people 
from the community to work for their proper companies. It's a little bit double-sided at the moment, I think. Mm. Do you think the corporate culture in Japan is changing in that sense too and being, again, more welcoming and being more open? Because you've been involved in so many businesses and an interesting big business here in Japan too. Well, I mean, I think digital digital marketing is like completely changing the whole business structure. And you often have young people who are digitally savvy who are in charge of digital marketing. And a lot of those people are from our communities and they're making lots of money. Mm. So it's hard for, you know, people from traditional roles to not engage with them and still maintain profits. So um, I would say, yes, definitely, it's changing quickly in business. InterFM's catchphrase is find your colors. It's all about encouraging people to live the life they want to live. It's about diversity. It's about gender. It's about all of the great things in life and bringing everyone together. Anyone listening right now who might be having a challenging time, whatever it is in their life, you've overcome challenges. What would you say to someone? to find their color. Well, you always know that the sun is going to come out the next day. There's a lot of things that are given. The sun will be rising the next day. So I think if you're going through some difficulties, just remember that the sun will come out tomorrow. Just uh, plug along and deal with it. Is there one thing, Monty, in all the years you've lived here in Japan, is there one thing about Japan that you absolutely love that maybe the rest of the world don't know about? Or it can be a tangible or intangible thing. Is there something you would like to share or export around the world from Japan? I just love the way that like there might be a man with like a really remedial task. I experienced this the other day in like a copy center. I, like I went in to have a, a photo color copied and the man was so intent on getting the right color <laughs> for the photo. And is it this one or is it this one? And that attention to detail for no compensation, just for the fact uh, that they want to really do their job properly is just sometimes flabbergasting. Monty, we're going to leave Japan. We're going on a journey. You can have your passport. Leave Japan? I don't yeah, want to no. leave Japan. Okay, well, you can go somewhere Brazil? around Brazil? Can I go to Brazil? Back to Brazil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Catch up. Passport, credit card, and mobile device. you got all those three things. But what's one other thing you must have in your life? Well, I've, I've kind of considered this, and I, I was the washlets. I, I, I'd have to take a washlet with me. <laughs> like, you know... Uh. Yeah. You love him. I just, yeah, I just really think that, like, wash it out, you know. <laughs> and you need an instruction manual to work out how to use these loos in Japan. Well, you know, after 30 years, I've, I've mastered the art of the <laughs> washlet. Yeah, Which so, button to push at the right yeah, time. Even, even, <laughs> even using the blow dryers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Face wash at the same time if you push the wrong button <laughs> at the wrong time. And, Monty, final question. On your journey, a travel companion with you. If you could sit down with anyone and have a conversation with anyone from history or anyone in the world today, who would you love to chat with? Winston Churchill. Really? Yeah. Oh, what do you want to ask him about? Like, why did he drink so much whiskey? <laughs> Get him through the day. <laughs> well, but, I mean, he was a very interesting person and, uh, yeah, in charge of fighting a war and always very cheerful and on top of things and uh, overcame real adversity. And so if I could talk with anyone, yeah, I definitely want to talk with Winston Churchill. Love it. And you're a cheerful chap who's got through adversity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always smiling. 
I don't know about always. <laughs> often. Often, <laughs> often. When, when we meet, maybe. There yeah. you go. It's always a pleasure meeting you. Well, you've brought a lot of cheer into my life today. Thank you, Monty. And of course, for almost 30 years of the Ring Party, it's so good to have it back in 2023. You've got one more choice of music. Third choice. Black Coffee, You Want Me. Ooh, why do you love this? It's just such beautiful music. It's just really like funky, cool, groovy, very well put together and soothing and appropriate for any situation. Monty, thank you. Thank you. See you under the mirror ball. See you on the dance floor. Under the mirror ball. <laughs> and thank you for joining us today. For more interviews and information, please go to guyperryman.com.